Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 57. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies, currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This week, we'll be talking about the 2018 film by Issa Madsen and Daniel Goldhaber, Cam, which was in part financed by Blumhouse, uh, distributed by Netflix, so it's an intersection of this mm-hmm. podcast interests, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> came out like about oh, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. It is fresh, hot off the presses. This movie is about a cam girl who has her identity stolen and the lengths that she has to go to to reclaim her autonomy. Mm-hmm. If you came to this podcast expecting to hear us talk about what the roulette served us, which was hypersomnia. Hypersomnia, which was, to make very, very quick of it, uh, the story of a girl doing a play and it turns into sex trafficking and... Like, it's a play about sex trafficking, but she keeps getting transported to... To the sex sex trafficking place, wherever the sex is trafficked. And it was handled very poorly. It was clearly done by people who don't... uh, live that as their experience and don't well, have a sex trafficking shouldn't be titillating and no and that it, was and the it goal was, of this movie and it was it just it just didn't interface well with the topic of sex work and sex trafficking in any kind of way and it was bad and it was and boring. it was boring and it wasn't yeah it wasn't even like it was offensive and we could come in and be like tear this movie apart it was just boring and, and bad we realized that we can't make a good episode about it. We it would have been literally no joke. Fifteen minutes of us just being like, "Yeah, bummer." Yeah, so wow. So sucked. we picked this because people have been talking about it, and because the creator, uh, writer Issa Matze, is was a cam girl. Yeah, and is and it's very much at least in the beginning based on her own experiences. A lot of the discourse that I had been seeing about this movie online was uh, praising it for its portrayal of sex work as being not shamey and. Uh, Showing it as work, as, as a, a job. job. Yep. Something you can have a lot of pride in, something you can have aspirations in. It's not just something that you do until you can do the thing that you really want to do. And that's a very, very, that's a huge part of this movie. Something I should say up front before we start talking about this movie is we're going to talk about sex work and that's going to talk about sexuality. Uh, and we're going to do our best to be sex positive as, mm-hmm. as we are about it. And if that's not your jam, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I will but say if you th- listen to this in the car or something around people <laughs> who. Uh, maybe would not be as amenable to that, then maybe that. consider that. And I will speak for myself in that, like, um, being sex work positive is something that I am still learning about and adjusting to because of my own upbringing and I'm sure a lot how a lot of people felt when they first heard about it. Like, it's just something that s- culture and society has told us is bad and I am still acknowledging the ways in which I need to improve. So feel free if we say anything that you feel like is... Fucked up. We're all <laughs> like, doing better. Call us out. I, I want to learn. I want to. I absolutely want to do better always. And I was. I, this is actually probably the most research I've ever done for an episode. Uh-huh. I read like five or six interviews today with Issa and Daniel, um, like because I really, really wanted to make sure that I was coming at this episode with empathy and knowledge and all of that. Another thing I'd like to say is that this movie is very good. It's excellent. <laughs> Just so, outside of its own message and purpose yeah. and being Putting created. aside the politics of, of how we feel about it, if the plot of this movie does sound like you could jam, you should go watch it. Oh, absolutely. It's so good and and thrilling, and yeah. every moment I was just, like, glued to the screen. Yeah, it's extremely captivating, and we're going to spoil it. So. Yep. <laughs> Spoilers abound. It stars Madeline Brewer from Orange is the New Black and Handmaid's Tale and Black Mirror. So very similar works, I feel like. I feel like she uh, works a lot in... What? 
How is Orange is the New Black? It's about women. Oh. It's about, it's about women who are looked down on by society for what they have done. Women on the, the you know... And she specifically in Orange is the New Black plays a woman who is not, like, attractive. She's or, a recovering addict, right? Yeah, she's just someone who, like you not wouldn't necessarily like and that's and she's so interesting because of that and her story is very tragic and i'm glad that alice's story is not as tragic the movie starts with a a cold open um of screen capture like the den or something Mm -hmm. uh of her cam show and it's it's filmed extremely well uh as it keeps going between like the the men chatting Mm -hmm. in the thing and then her screen pretty Normal stuff at first, I guess, just teasing, oh, give me tips or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a, a man comes in and starts harassing her and like telling, telling her, her to kill herself. To kill and, herself, yeah. yeah. And then she blocks him and then he comes back and starts threatening her even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can see that she's getting all frazzled and yeah. the chats are going like, hey man, le- leave her alone. Stop that. Don't listen to him, Lola. Like all these different things. And she goes into her little toy chest and she gets out a, a machete yeah. and slits her own throat. And then you realize that it was all in service of this of the show. Yeah, she's been acting. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a performance for uh, escalating tips because mm-hmm. people were getting egged on and excited yes. and caught up in the. the and you see it. her as it goes on; she's moving slowly up in the rankings as she does this. And when she slits her throat with this machete, her ranking jumps even more. So you sort of get from even just that first bit, and then you, the next scene is her talking to one of her regulars who was playing the yeah. harasser um, as different, you know, as a different username. And they're talking about how, like, it was so great and it worked so well and she's definitely going to hit top 50 and all these different things. And you realize, like, I realized that it, what she was doing is, like, is performance. There's yeah. the sexual element to it because she's a cam girl, but it is a... She is a, like, performer and she is... She's creating these like themes because you see she writes on her calendar also she's got all these plans all of these like different themed shows that she does she is like this is her passion completely from minute one you get that and what really struck me about like i mean it's it's filmed so well it's so kinetic and alive there's the interplay of the people in chat and madeline brewer's performance like getting like Mm -hmm. very scared um, she plays a, a a girl named Alice, and uh, Lola is her her camp persona. Mm-hmm. It also just like understated like the the performance aspect about how this could also. I mean, I'm glad it's not, but this could be a movie about a, a, a Twitch streamer, yes, or about a YouTuber, a YouTuber yes, um, anyone who's like performing and like who's uh, obsessed with their engagement numbers, right? Mm-hmm. She's trying to climb the charts on her particular website, but it could be easily about like it's just about getting your yes. viewership up and getting yep. this attention and how to do that by being special and by and by forming personal connections mm-hmm. and diving into it with just your entire life and and emotions and i think that was very clear from the very beginning yeah, and camming is her life and uh her her ambition to always be higher on this website is like her driving force right because it also represents for her that like her work is paying off and she has she's there's people in her life that she's hiding this from until she gets to a certain number which i really thought was interesting that she felt that if she could go to her mother and say i'm 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 a cam girl on this website but i'm a top 10 cam girl on this website that that would feel for her that that's the shame was not that she's a cam girl it was that she was like a a low tier cam girl if she can bring that she's a high tier cam girl to her mother 
then there won't be any shame and she'll be excited to talk about it. Which, of course, uh, the other the other thing here in play is the uh, the unrealistic um, standard of excellence that she's holding herself to. We learn yes. later in the movie that on this website, being near top 50, 55 or whatever she is when, when it starts, is uh, preposterously high given the volume of girls on this site. It's yes. something like 13,000 performers yes. uh, at one point. Uh, but it's not good enough. And it's interesting because that we they were talking about this because in the interviews that I was reading, um, when they were talking about movies that inspired them to make this movie, the movies they were talking about were movies like Black Swan and Whiplash and even Rocky, where it's about athletes or artists who are already so high yeah. and they're already working so hard. Like they're they, already like the best of the, the best. best of the best, but they want to be the best of the best of the best. Yeah. And they will do anything to get there. Yeah. Um, and of course, like we watch movies like Whiplash and Black Swan and we're like, holy shit, maybe you need to relax a little bit, but we don't, but we're not like ballet is a bad, uh, you know, way to spend your life or right. jazz music. We, we respect the hustle and that's exactly how I felt watching this movie also. I thought I have for later this episode. Oh boy. Maybe we should talk about why Black Swan is considered a horror movie and this is considered a horror movie, but Whiplash isn't because Whiplash is a horror movie. It's a movie. horror movie. I've never felt as much stress as when I watched Whiplash, genuinely. Well, I mean, we're going to have this conversation yeah, later, we'll talk about but, later. Uh, but the comparisons to those movies really, really resonated with me. Um, because I don't think that the feeling is that I watch Black Swan and go, oh, wow, like, she's just really giving it her all. Like, the point of that movie is that she goes too far. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think that uh, Alice slash Lola goes too far. But it's no. the same feeling of, like, I am willing to do anything because this is mine and you're not going to take it from me. She's not going too far, but she is doing it to detriment of her own uh, mental health. We can see that, like, she is she is too obsessed. And I think the movie's perspective is that she is probably too hyper-focused on it. The fact, I mean, there's a point in which she's talking to someone and she, like, shuts down the conversation. It's with her um, regular that she's talking to. Yes. Because she's like, oh, other people are still online. I need to get back online. Even though she just finished this big dramatic right, show. Right, right, right. She feels like she, she's not constantly online. And there is some mention of that when she talks to her, her friends. Um, she's got, like, other cam girl friends who she discusses all this with. And it's like, if you're not on 24 hours a day, how do you raise your ranking? And the yep. answer is, like, you don't. Um, and I also think that there's a lot in that, like, every time we see anything else outside of her beautiful little pink room, it's just, like, drab as hell, yeah. right? The town in which she lives is dead end. Like, this girl that she went to high school with is, like, working at the Rite Aid or whatever, yeah. like, whatever, like, you know, cleaning up vomit in an aisle, and her mom is... A, works at a salon and her brother you know it's just like yeah. everything seems so even her her actual bedroom where she sleeps seems so like gray and lifeless compared to the room where she cams that is this like vibrant. beautiful vibrant pink with all of these like tapestries and, and this honestly, big beautiful vanity there's a uh, all of her camera friends live in a house together I don't know why she's not included in this cool house but, I, don't know, uh, I love that house the camera uh, clubhouse it's also like extremely like vibrant and exciting it's neon washed yes. And there's exciting music being played there. And it, like... Mm -hmm. Again, and just also... I mean, that made me kind of emotional. The community of those camp yeah. girls all living together. And then, like, all being at each other's shows. There's such a beautiful community that got, like... It's collaborative, Created right? in this, and yeah. This movie's about sex work as labor, but it's also about sex work as escape. Mm -hmm. And about... In, in a good way, I guess. Yeah. Uh, no, no, in a... Um, exactly. So before, same as the internet. Like, yeah. if you have a really boring desk job... And then you go online and you're, like, the number one Overwatch yeah. streamer. You know what right. I mean? Like, it's like a double life, but it's not It's not bad unless you make it bad. And for Madeline, it's very liberatory. Uh, 
Anyway, the the we've we talked about a whole bunch of the first half of this movie already because yeah. she's got she's got this. <laughs> well, family. there's a big setup. Like the the slitting the throat show is kind of an inciting incident because you see how her viewership matters to her and the yeah. things she's willing to do to do that. But we don't really get to like the plot of this movie for a little while. So what ends up happening is that she's got a, a I guess a rivalry with another one of the the big streamers who ends up. Um, actually targeting her and being like oh if you make uh, Lola drop down the charts I'll do my first nude show yeah um who's the, a- the actress who plays Samantha her? Robinson who's from the love witch, the love witch? oh my yeah. god she's so good too when I saw her face I was like I know you from something and she plays that like beautiful evil so well I just love her so she ends up doing a uh I guess like a, a collaborative um orgasm control show mm-hmm. uh, at the Camero house which ends up being her last show before she went locked out of her account. She wakes up the next morning and she's locked out of her account and there's someone online and that someone is her. And this is not, this is, this is uh, free girls live, right? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Something like that. It's FGL. It's I think it's free girl. It's free girls dot live is the site and it's just live. You don't watch people's old streams. If they're not online, there's nothing playing. And if they're online, you're seeing them in real life. So the fact that there's this girl who looks just like her in the bathtub splashing around sounds like her even like does her intonations the way yep. that she says like oh thank you when she gets tipped and it's just like she's on the phone with FGL like can you please reinstate me she's you know it's very confusing she thinks at first it must have something to do with princess who was the rival right. we talked about but like slowly as she's realizing it we are realizing too like there's no way that princess could have done this yeah. This is not like it's not princess pretending to be her. Like it's a doppelganger. It's her. Yeah, it looks just like her. But it, it was so funny that we discussed doppelgangers in our last episode. Yeah, because they came back in such a terrifying way in this episode. Yeah. So the rest of the movie is her navigating this. It's her navigating mm-hmm. the, the fact that she has no access to her account. Um, this movie's interface with technology is fantastic. Mm-hmm. She she has a burner account because of course she already has one for the site that she has her livelihood on. Right. Like, of course she already <laughs> yeah, has one. She has to. But she immediately gets blocked for being like, "Hey, it's me on the on, on the own, channel." Yeah, on her own channel. So she like, has "Hey, to, everybody." So she has to make a new account. But with a new account, she can't private video chat because it's not five days old yet, which yeah. is, of course, a security feature that there would be. Which makes perfect, it makes perfect sense. sense. I wonder if that's, like, a real thing. Of it course would make it sense is. to me that, like... Of course it is. And it, it's such a good setup of, like, of course she'd have a burner account that gets shut down, and so she has to go to this other account. But mm-hmm. then we have to extend the movie to have a plot, so... It, it, yeah, it's such a good... It was so well... The script is incredibly oh, well written. The script is amazing. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, I mean, she actually, like, calls the police at one point. She does, which actually surprised me, um, but it's because I don't know the lo- I don't know the laws of uh, whether or not what this is doing would be considered something that the police would find illegal. Yeah, I think that's probably a, a local thing. I honestly don't know either. Mm-hmm. There's a... The, the officer, like, interrogates her as though he's trying to out her for prostitution, but then he yes, ends up just... Yes, because he says, like, have you ever her? met some any of these men in real life? Do you ever sleep with them, etc.? But then it, like... Yeah, it's not like, I'm gonna arrest you. It's like, ooh, could I get in on that Yeah, a little bit? like, he's horny for Which, her. like, Issa Matsai has said, like, people have said to her. Yeah. And, um, apparently that's actually what people... Uh, like, the, the police officer asks um, Alice, what's the weirdest thing you've ever done? And when they were pitching this movie, uh, executives it like would ask her that question yeah which is just like disgusting it's so i mean it's not good police officers either obviously uh but the idea that you would ask somebody that like in a board 
room, you know, at a meeting when you're like talking about this movie. Just, it's so, it's just ridiculous. Apparently a lot of people that they were working with, um, both in pitching and I think maybe the early stages of production and getting financed, were really condescending to her about like, well, what, like, why would you be on set? Like, what do you, to, to Issa, like, oh, what do you have to offer? Oh, because she's a Uh, no, because she's, like, some, like there's some comments in the interview about, like, oh, well, what are you gonna do with pedal sex toys? Like, what do you have to offer? Oh my god! Uh, but apparently, Jason Blum was really good. I did read that that yeah. Blumhouse was really, really, really supportive yeah. of them, which is really cool. It made me very, like, happy yeah. that Blumhouse is a, a production company that we love and yeah. has made... I mean, like, they talked a lot about how it was this movie was fresh off of Get Out. Yeah. That it was like, they just made Get Out. They were like, I don't think they, well, I don't there think is they, a demand. They didn't end up producing it. They ended up, like, helping secure financing and getting the script package and stuff. But, like, right. I think that they mostly made this somewhat independently and then Blumhouse... Right, but Blumhouse gave them a lot of support because yeah. they were like, there is a market for this. Like, this will return on investment because people out there want socially conscious genre films. Yep. Which, like, if I could have been in that room, I would have been like, yes, we do. <laughs> we absolutely do. It's so exciting. And I'm, I want to talk later about why they decided to make this a, a horror movie slash thriller. And yeah. I, it, it, even thinking about it just excites me. The next big thing that happens is that she's watching the consensus number one um, cam girl. I don't know why. She just becomes obsessed with being on FGL because... She can't do she's her just, livelihood. Yeah, she's just watching other people's videos. Lola a lot, like fake Lola a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's watching Baby, and Baby says something that is like verbatim what fake Lola said no, in her first show. This is, you know what happens first? Is happens Baby first? and Lola are going to do a show together. Oh. That happens first because then Baby is like, I hope that I can kiss her. And that's when she talks about, that's when she says what you're about to talk about. Yeah. So yes, Baby and Lola are going to do a show together, which of course Alice is like, how? <laughs> like, yeah. who is this person? And nobody, of course, none of these girls, besides the ones who live in the chemical clubhouse, like, they don't know where Baby lives. Baby is not one of the uh, clubhouse girls. No. Um, she lives somewhere else. But other other regulars of Lola have met Baby. There's one in particular um, that she ends up, like, interrogating for information uh, and finds out that she lives in Georgia. I think... Are they in Texas? I don't know where they were. Oh, no, they're in, like, New Mexico. She's in New Mexico or Arizona, I don't remember. She's in the Southwest. Mm-hmm. And Baby's in Georgia, which, again, doesn't make a lot of sense. Why? Because it's really far for the, the Travel for a Sex show. Oh, for the two of them to be together. Yeah. Yes, 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 absolutely. Oh, that's where they talk about it, because they're like, oh, is she going to come here? And it's like, yeah. There's just, like, this. people are yeah. asking her in real life, and she's like, I don't know. But she ends up finding out that um, Baby... From from interrogating this, I want to call them Johns, but that's not what He's they are. Not a John. The regulars. Regular. I think that's uh, actually the term that they've talked about. Okay, uh, and gets enough information to find Hannah Darren, who is baby, who died six months ago, which is fucking terrifying. Yeah, it was really scary because it's like it's all through this thing of like it's a great kind of Google search thing because it's like the guy who she interrogated said that he made some very throwaway comment about her being a prom queen. Right. And that's how she finds her, is, like, Google's the area, or Google's... The hardware store. The hardware store where they had been together, the regular and baby, uh, and then prom queen from that area found her, and then Googled her herself, and then found her obituary, which is so scary. Uh, And she only died six months ago, right? Right. Yeah. And then uh, she's watching Lola and Baby's stream, and they're in what is, like, exactly her house. Like, yeah. they're in 
an exact copy of her house. Lola's always been, the new Lola, Lola 2, has been in the replica of the pink room for, like, the whole time. Yeah. And you see that she's got the same toy chest, the same bed, same vanity, everything. But then there's a part where Lola and Baby are like, ooh, let's let's leave the room. Oh, I've ne- my viewers have never seen my real bedroom before. And they go they go down the hallway, like, into, like, they see the bathroom, they see the other, the kitchen, like, they see all of the rooms of the house, and then they go into the bedroom, and there's a picture of her brother in there. Yeah. Like, Alice's real-ass brother. Yeah. So... This is what it's... And, like, Lola is in her... Or Alice is in her own house. Like, are they here? Yeah. (laughs) Like, what is possibly going on? And, of course, when they're not, that is one of the first times that it's like, what is going on here? Like, how could they possibly be at her house? And who is this? Like, it's just so baffling. And also, Baby is dead. (laughs) Like, it, it... this is when, for me, I was like, I have no sense of where this is going yeah. at all. Because I could have imagined an end of this movie where it was just, like, Princess found a girl who looked exactly like Alice. And just to, like, fuck with her? Just to fuck with her. Just, I don't know, just because. Of course, that doesn't really make sense when you she think about it. her account. But that's the only thing I could possibly, like, think of. I thought she was a ghost. Which one? Lola. I thought it was, like, the others. <laughs> So who did you think was dead? The real person is dead. The real is dead, and the she's watching the past, but she doesn't remember it. That she oh. like did shows with baby or whatever. That would be an interesting movie. It's not this that one. Wasn't but this it's uh, you know. She ends up finding out that all the people that baby has done shows with in the past six months all, were all like supported by Tinker Boy, her compatriot from earlier. Mm-hmm. Um. So she Who goes, now lives in her town and is kind of semi-stalking her a little bit. Yeah, he's a creep. Oh, the, also, the there's a real villain of this movie, but the other villain of this movie is just men. Like, men are fucking terrifying. Yes. And I really appreciate that this movie takes the time to be like, even the the men who are supporting her and her work are threatening. Yeah, because they're, they're, like, there's a moment where you're like, they're sweethearts. Like, they're just like, these guys who like love her and want to support her. And she has these like, nice relationships with them. Yeah. And then it's like, Tinker comes to stalk her yeah. in her hometown. Like, legitimately loves her, wants to be with her. And Humper? Is that the other one? No. That, that's one of them, but that's not who Who's comes. the one who comes? Do you remember? Um, he's an older guy, and he, he definitely, he, he says something once about it. He's like, oh, you girls love me. So he's kind of weirdly grandfatherly yeah. in some ways. But when he realizes he's with Lola and he's with Alice in a restaurant and he sees Lola streaming and he's like, okay, so who is this girl? If my Lola is Barney, is his name Barney? If Lo, if my Lola's online, then who are you? And he turns on a dime yep. and he is scary. And he, also even um her brother's friends, yes. they like out her. And the fact that like, they find it funny that they can, like, sit there and watch porn of her. Like, in an aggressive, lecherous way. In, an le- in a lecherous way. Um, not in a way that a lot of the men seem to do it. Even, like, there are probably are non-creepy ones, not like the ones we've talked about, who are just, like, participating in this with her. And, like, there are there are men on this site that are, like, that tip her and never try to cross any boundaries with her. The ones we see just happen to be pieces yeah. of shit. Uh, so she ends up meeting up with, with Tinker, um... And he ends up, like, jerking off to a private show with fake Lola while Lola is there. Yeah. Which, I guess, kudos for not raping her. The bar is extremely low, but, like... 
I don't even know what to think about that. Like, he can't have her the way that he wants her, so he wants to have her both ways. Because he presumably wants Alice, too, right? Yes. He wants a life with her. Yes. But does he? Because he also wants to jerk off to fake Lola. After Alice already tells him that she's that this is yeah. that's not really her. So he doesn't actually love her or care about her. Right. Like, he just, you know, it's the idea of her. So he ends up, uh, she brings a taser, too, to her confrontation. Uh, she's smart. Which is so smart. She I mean, gets it. If you haven't figured out yet that Alice is smart. <laughs> she's the smartest. Yeah. Um, she ends up, like, attacking Tinker and then going to, like, private, the private chat, and the other Lola doesn't recognize her at all. That's when she realizes that she's like, yeah. she doesn't know what she looks like. But Tinker ends up saying, like, yeah, I I, I, have a, I know when one of the girls is going to be copied. I've watched enough to know that, like, this happens. It's, as it's, if when, it's... it's when you get to a certain ranking, right, is what I would assume. Yeah. That it's like, once she, because I think that's the big thing, that this is the big thing that happens that pushes everything else is that she's at 50 and then um princess takes her down to 60 or 59 and then when she does the control show with her friend at the clubhouse she gets up to 47 and i feel like that was the moment that it was like whoever is gonna copy her is like okay she's top 50 time to take her identity yeah like it's the it's the moment you kind of cross that threshold into like you are now one of the top girls yeah, though it's not all of them because there's only like six or so that. No, but it's so. possibly because she was moving so quickly. Yeah. That'd be my guess is that she'd moved very quickly. She was trending upwards and probably would have been in top ten very soon. Well, Fake Lola gets up there. She does. I think Fake Lola gets to top ten. She absolutely does. Yeah. she's in top four. Yeah. When the big climax happens, she's in like top three, top four. That's wild. So let's get to that climax. Yes. Pun intended. Once she, she realizes this, that she, that yeah. Lola, Lola two, fake Lola does not know who she is looking like. She doesn't. She is not aware that Alice is Lola one. Yes. Uh, she. Okay, I'm talk about this. Yeah. She sets up a webcam in front of the mirror with the television behind her. So mm-hmm. the webcam is showing Lola with the Free Girls Live behind her. Uh huh. And then goes into fake Lola's uh, room and, like, chat room, mm-hmm. um, and, like, starts demanding a private show. She, like, tips to get a private show. Mm-hmm. And then demands that she put, and fake Lola put both of them on the screen together. Mm-hmm. Which, so now it's streaming to everybody. Which, for fake Lola, wouldn't be suspicious because, like... Because she doesn't know what she looks like. She yeah. doesn't realize that they look the same. Yeah. And so the chat starts freaking out. Um, and then Ru- Alice outsmarts fake, fake Lola. Lola. Um, by, like, bashing her head Well, yeah, the they, they play a game where she's like, let's do this, let's do a um, monkey see, monkey do thing. Yeah. Where we do the same thing, and then they vote on who does it better. Yeah. And so, the, like, the first thing, uh, Lola win, or fake Lola wins, and then Alice wins through doing something. Well, she what she does is she bashes her head into the table, breaks her nose, and then... Is, she's asking fake Lola to do the same thing, and when fake Lola does it, all she does is lay her head down on the table and come back up, and then her face glitches, pix- pixels out and glitches for a second, and when it comes back, she's got the broken nose too. So all the people are watching, and they're like, "Oh no!" Uh, I think do they call her fake Lola? No. What do they call her? Oh, Lola. Uh, and... They call her um, Teapot. Teapot, Mr. Teapot. Mr. Teapot is her uh, username. So they're like, Teapot wins that one. And so now, because Te- like because she's winning, Alice is winning, because she's bashing her face in, yeah. um, she manages to get... Access to the account. That's the what account. she wants, is the mm-hmm. password to the account. Um, which, again, I don't know why 
evil fake Lola would hand over even for the bet. I know it's for it's. You know what room. happens is that when the room starts screaming at her, one, uh, Alice says stop tipping her, so she's not getting tips, and her rankings fall. Like, you see them start falling, like, one little by little. Yeah. So I think that whatever the fake Lola slash copy... So let's talk about it, because it actually isn't explained. Um, this movie does not explain what its villain is. It's some sort of AI. Yes. It's some... It's... There is no fake Lola. It is a digital imaging of some sort. Yeah. Well, it's a per. Is it a person? I can't tell. It's... It might... Okay. It might be... What you what was it called that you talked about? Deep fakes. Deep fakes, where it's a real physical person, but through the internet, it just has a different face and voice. Yes. Or it could be just a simulation. And there's only one moment where I was like, this feels like a simulation. And it's right when she's like, give me my account password. And fake Lula goes, okay. And then blinks. Like, you, you've all seen it. Yeah. It's such a robot blink. She smiles and tilts her head and blinks, and she looks like a fake doll. Yeah. And that's the moment it was like, okay, maybe this is, maybe there's no, not even a real person. It's just a computer program. Even so, I don't know why the program or person um, behind Fake Lola is incentivized enough to, like, I buy. I suppose because it was cut, cut your losses, like, get out of there. Because it uh, was, because things were going poorly. And sure. It, this account would not be usable again anyway, was my thought. I don't know. I don't know if that's true, yeah. but it may have been what the AI or whoever was controlling it, because somebody's got to be controlling it, right? Because yep. she's got to be, like, reacting to things that people say. Whoever was controlling it was like, okay, this account's dead. Just throw it. Alice uh, deletes the account. She mm-hmm. gets a control of it, and she deletes the account and all of her progress. Which, oh my god, to me, I was like, no. <laughs> like, yeah. I know she had to, but the internet person in me... Yeah. Um, was like screaming because yeah. it's like you know if you get a lot of like YouTube subscribers or Twitter followers and you delete it like all that yeah. work is gone. It's just unfathomable. When she ends the movie, starting over, she has a new account and she's wearing a blonde wig. I don't know if she intends to um, pretend she's a different person or just be a little starting over. But uh, I think the thing she was pretending to be a different person. Yeah. It was a new identity Persona, yeah. because she they kind of ruined Lola. Yeah. How do you explain that to people? You're like that was a fake Lola. The person that you guys all gave money to and loved, that wasn't me. Like, you can't explain that. Yeah. You have to just start over. And she starts over because she loves camming, and this is her Mm -hmm. life. And I actually found, like, it's a very hopeful, inspiring ending. It is. Of, like, she defeats the villain, and life goes on, and she's Mm -hmm. back to work. And her mom's the one who does her makeup. Oh, her mom ends up being very supportive. very supportive. I thought it was really nice. Yeah, it was was lovely. This is a great movie. I realized that I was sad because we didn't see as much closure with her brother. That her brother is in the beginning so supportive he like loves it they have a really great time talking about it he's really supportive of her he beats up the guys who out her and then when we see him one more time the only the last time we see him he's very frosty with her and i imagine it's sort of because like when it was the two of their secret uh it was just fun and it could just be like something that they shared and loved and then i imagine he was getting shit for it yeah i was about to say somebody, i'm sure he's getting shit for it at school well, and somebody spray painted whorehouse on her mother's house yeah so like this has, unfortunately, collateral damage. But I'm hoping that, like, because we've seen that it's not his bias, it's yeah. the societal pressure of others, that he will come around and be her yeah, brother The movie again. goes lengths to, to, to show that her family comes around, right? Like, right. it's... I think that the reaction from her mom um, when she's outed is... I don't know. It felt pretty true to life for... Well, it's also... It's, what would it's happen. you lied to me. Yeah. It's so much more about the secret than it was about what she's doing. About the because work, yeah. she's she asks her daughter, 
when can I come see your new house? What are you doing again? And she's lying. And like, yeah. in so many situations, it's, it's the lie, right? Yeah. Like, and I think that was very clear because then when we never see her mom, or I guess we, we have a scene where her mom is like, it's amazing to see you have this like persona, yeah. which she is talking about fake Lola when she says that, but it's, it's still true. Like once she sees how much it means to her and that it really is this place where she comes alive and like, yeah. Is so impressive. Well, Fake Lola is and based it is on so her, impressive. Though. That's true. Fake Lola is based on Alice, like Alice's performance as Lola. Mm-hmm. But don't you think? I mean, we, this we can get into because that's the end of the movie. So we can get into Lola, what all this means. Don't you think there's a feeling that Fake Lola is like a little bit better than real Lola? Better in a sense of like. What do you mean? Better in a sense of like she's a machine, <laughs> right? Uh. Say more she, about that. She <laughs> she climbs the rankings higher than Lola does because she probably doesn't have to sleep. Correct. Uh, so she just goes on. It depends on her definition of better. Um, more successful. Fitter, happier, more productive. <laughs> What's that from? Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like in, in a bad way, in a way because she's not real, right? But she's she is. Um, how do I say this? Like, in terms of what we're talking about, like, the internet, you know, yeah. right? Like, just more successful. And uh, can take, I felt like, more chances because she doesn't actually have to deal with, I say she, like, it, the yeah. computer, doesn't have to deal with Fallout. Like, she does a show early on in when she's stolen the identity, fake Lola does this show, yeah. where she's in a library and she, like, flashes the camera and, like, masturbates um, on camera in a library and you sort of, you kind of wonder by the end, like, was she actually in a library? Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe she could do that and do something so out there and titillating because she's not real. I mean, people also do that. Yeah, but there's a, there's a risk related to it. Sure. And the question is, if there's no risk, if this person's on a person, doesn't have to sleep, doesn't have to ever go off camera, can kind of do whatever she wants... There's no issue of her and baby doing a show together and having to travel or sleep or eat because they're computers. I mean, she could also up the stakes with um, the the stunt fakery, right? She like blows she her brains yes. out at one point she shoots with a gun, right? Uh, which again, not saying that Alice Lola couldn't do that, but it would have been harder, right? Right, exactly. So that's I think I, I don't mean better in a because I think that most people would probably prefer always a person. Yes. But the fact that her ratings climb so much, it's not like people watch it and go. Oh, you know, uh, new Lola or Lola seems really fake lately, or Lola seems really like detached recently. They love it. I think it's also because they push her to top it has ten. Her personality. I think that it's supposed to be a good simulation of what. Right. Lola it's her, did. but without human boundaries. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right? Like, and I think that's supposed to be a tragic element of it. Is that like it shouldn't be good that her without human boundaries is more popular? Is the mood that I felt. It's that, like, Lola is better because she's a person. Well, it does make you wonder why these people who presumably have uh, signed on to this website to get off or be titillated want to see, like, snuff videos. Like, Well, that's that's the part of it that's so interesting to me because the thing that I realized is that I had a incorrect, or I guess semi-correct, um, sense of what cam girls do. Because when she starts and she's just talking to them, and there's a sexual element because like there's she spanks herself and she bounces around if she gets a certain number of tips or whatever. Um, but so much of it is just talking to them. Yeah. And 
there's a point where it's like you're you're doing a show. Yeah. There's a point where she's um flipping through her calendar looking for the bath video because she thinks maybe it was an old stream of hers. And you see that she's got a whole week where she did the seven deadly sins. Yeah. And so she does things like that that are extremely creative and that like, and one of the things when she hits top 50, she's doing date night Yeah. and she's just eating. And that's the part of it that's also like tied up with sex work is um, like companionship. Right. And like, if you're, if you're providing not just like I get on cam and I masturbate and that's it. Because, I mean, that is some cam work, right? Yeah. And that's probably the people who are lower down on it. But if you are a personality and you are, like, a girlfriend, you know? And you yeah. are, like, out you're out there, like, doing performances and being, like, a personality and doing shows and having twists, you know what I mean? That doesn't explain why people want to watch her die. Because it's shocking. I don't think anyone would actually want to watch her legitimately die. Because her followers, her, like, her regulars, they're not, like... When when the when the the fake anonymous guy gets on to be like, oh yeah, kill yourself, like put that knife in your pussy or whatever, uh, they're all like, hey, fuck off, like they don't actually want her until dead. they get wrapped up by it. I think some of them do and some of them don't because okay. there's I I don't think that anybody any of her loyal followers. Also, you get the sense that like people are going because someone does this when Princess does her like I won't get nude until Lola drops ten spots. Yeah. Uh, the all of the viewers go into the other chats to be like, Lola's about to kill herself. Yeah. So potentially some of the more sick ones are like, gotta see that, you know, yeah. and coming over. That is actually when it reminded me of The Den. Yeah. There's very, there's clearly some ties um, from that movie to this one in terms of internet The voyeuristic, yeah. yeah. Um, what people want to see. But I imagine that, like, her killing herself is a, is the, to, to you know, to quote, like, magic that's, you know, the turn, and then the prestige is when she's alive. Yeah. So that's the more exciting part, is when she tears off that little, what is it, you have, like, silicone on your neck to Mm -hmm. to slit it, she tears that off and she says something like, gotcha, or surprise, or something, and that's when everyone's like, oh, shit, yes, like, that's the best part, that's exciting. So, I feel like that's, that's the part of it that's like, it's, it's like watching theater, or, or a movie, you know? Even if you, like, love the person who's doing it if they do something shocking it's exciting especially if it means like she's not actually dead right um it's interesting with us talking about technology it's interesting because in all the interviews i read there's so much about how like the filmmakers did not want to put a lot of um focus on what it was specifically the reason they don't talk about it is because it's not about it's not really meant to be about like oh algorithm are going to steal your identity or whatever it's about her identity being fractured. And I thought that was very present in, like, like her mom says. Like, when she goes to talk to her mom, and her mom is like, oh, I watched one of your streams, and, like, you're so confident, and it's so exciting, and I love seeing you that way. And she's like, that's not me, mom. And she's like, oh, don't say, don't lie to me. Like, of course it's you. It's it's just a different part of you. And she's like, no, that's not me. Like, that's actually physically, like, not me. Like, not even my body. The disconnect of that that um, Issa talked about was, like, that you do feel, you actually do genuinely feel that way sometimes when you're on the internet. That you can look at yourself in a video and be like, that's not me. Yeah. And that people used to steal her videos and repost them places. I mean, like that, happens, them. that happens to like all porn. Right, yeah. right, right. And that they would label them things that didn't feel true to her, like frizzy haired pale girl. Right. And she'd be like, that's, who? like, who am I? Like, who, like, what's, this is such a disconnect of like, is that me? How do other people see me? Yeah. And so like, 
the twist of this is that it's this computer, right? But, like, the that's not what the movie's about when you get down to, like, I mean, it, it's what a, this movie's about. It's a movie about uh, losing access to your accounts and the horror of that, right? Like, yeah. on, a, on a fundamental level, it's a fear that all of us have, right? Is that if mm-hmm. we... And again, for her, it's her livelihood. I think a lot of our livelihoods aren't tied up in um, access to online but, accounts, but, but they could they, be. They could be, and also like our banking. Yeah, like money. Like there's there's very little mention of like the money that she's not making when this thing has her account, but like it's there. She says it once that like whoever this is is stealing her money, and that's where our like all our money is in the bank. And if someone stole your bank password, like that's your money. It's gone. Yep. Goodbye. So like, it's very real, and I think that it's even like to get super metaphorical, there's a feeling of, like, not just having your identity stolen in a um, practical way, but also in, like, when you put so much of yourself into what you're doing, you're, like, I mean, there's that, like, ooh, like, when the picture steals your soul or whatever, but, like, that's a metaphor that works because it's, like, when, when you are doing what she's doing, which is putting her entire life and energy and love into what she does it's taking something from you a little bit and so that's a really complicated aspect too of like you have to maintain a a, a rich inner life even when you have the internet because yeah. like if then the internet is taken from you what do you have left yes that's a very i think that's something that i really identify with in like this day and age is like how do like when you take yourself away from your screen and your twitter and your facebook and your tumblr or whatever like What's, what are you? And if Lo, if Alice makes any mistake in this movie, it's not having anything but the show. Yeah. And it's I, it's seen as I think I can see it both ways. Of like, it's beautiful that she puts so much of her like it is her passion, it's her work. But again, like I said, like everything else around her that you see outside of that pink room is very drab. Yeah. And lifeless. And so my hope my hope for this movie, like for you know the after the last shot we see is that like there's a mention there's something that is said about how she comes into this new eve bot is her new name uh, which eve bot eve is. bot is all that's all there's a lot tied up in that uh is she comes with knowledge and she's learned and i'm so curious just even just thinking more about this movie like what like what has she learned like what is going to come through and what's what is she going to leave behind yeah I just talked about this movie forever. I loved it. Do you think it's a horror movie? Hmm. Let me think about that for a second. I do. I think it's shot like a horror movie. I think that um, it's a bit unconventional. The the question that that I'm posing is is horror versus thriller and what that genre distinction. Yes, because this is this is on Netflix as a thriller, right? Yeah. This is not. This would never have made it onto our. But it's on Wikipedia as a horror. They they talk about it in interviews as a horror movie. I, I think, think it's a horror. Movie. I think it is. Netflix for some reason is the only one that doesn't, and it, it makes me actually very sad. It's because, because of the bots. It it's the bots at the algorithms. Ah, <sighs> the algorithms. Uh, they, this movie would have never come up on our roulette, which is like yeah. one of the saddest things I've ever heard in my life. Because it rules. Yeah, and it's and the question of horror versus thriller is something I've thought about before because I think it's come up with other movies um, the struggle that I have is that I feel like I could say the difference and then you'd be like well, what about this movie and I'd be like god damn it that, that is a horror movie but it's you know like you know what it's like what it's like porn you know it when you see it <laughs> what a horror movie yeah I think so too and I definitely I did feel like this was you know what happens though is that the first scene where she sets her throat is filmed like a horror movie it's such a horror movie and the last scene 
or the climactic scene is such a horror movie and everything in between feels like a thriller because it's about solving a mystery and usually mysteries are thrillers. Like if you make mysteries are thrillers, yes. If you make a mystery novel into a movie, it's most often a thriller, even if the book sometimes feels like a horror movie or a horror novel. There's just so much crossover, but I always feel like a mystery is a thriller and this movie is not about being stalked by like a killer. Here, it's not about like ghosts or whatever. Not to say that all horror movies are, but no, like I think that what for me why this isn't a thriller is that it doesn't have action like in the traditional Thrillers thr- don't have to have action. What, what thrillers g- don't? Girl on a train and Gone Girl are both thrillers. What is Girl on a Train? The um like Th- there's action in Gone Girl, there's murders. That's not action. Okay, whatever. You're talking about like you're talking about like Liam think, Neeson like Taken think, as a yeah, thriller. Taken, Taken. I agree, but but Gone Girl is also Boy on a the Train, whatever that one's called. What? Boy on the Train. What's Boy on the Train? Uh, the Commuter. That's a thriller. Yeah. That has action. I'm talking. Well, what about Gone Girl? Do you think Gone Girl is a horror movie or a thriller? Neither. What do you think it is? I don't know. It's just like a drama. <laughs> it's a thriller. Okay. I wasn't thrilled. I mean, I Why like... not? Oh my god, we're not gonna get into this right now. I mean, the bad opinions about Gone Listen, Girl. Listen, the the cool girl monologue is thrilling because she's driving like a hundred thousand miles when an she hour. She kills um, no Patrick Harris. That is shot like a horror movie. Sure, but it's a thriller. It doesn't matter. My point is just that like, I can see why this is labeled a thriller because it's more a mystery than like. What do you think makes a horror movie? Like, if you were to be like... You know it when you see it. I don't want to try you don't. That. You don't want any kind of other definition? I don't want to prescribe something, no. I think that it... Fear. I think fear is the key. And... She is very afraid. Fear defines horror for me more than... Excitement is what defines thrillers for me. Very interesting. Tension. We can even call it tension. Um, what makes... I mean, Hitchcock... That's right? why Whiplash would be more a thriller than a horror movie, because it's tension. It's not like... Necessarily fear. horror or fear. Hitchcock is very much about tension, right? And some of his movies are thrillers and some of his movies are horror movies, right? Like, true. North by Northwest is extremely tense, but it's not a horror movie. Yeah. Psycho is a horror movie. It's about fear of. I mean, especially when you literally murder your protagonist, you know, 20 minutes right, in. Right, right, right. Like, that causes fear in the audience, especially in the 60s, I guess. But, like, mm-hmm. uh, that's not to say that thrillers can't. But if we get into, like, fear. I feel like we get into the that horrible thing that has happened lately where it's like, that's not a horror movie because I wasn't scared and I think it's actually this. Like, no, because also, we also deal with the genre conventions, right? Like, things can be horror movies because of the genre conventions. Something like, I mean, what do people say that about? Like, It Follows, right? Like people It say, Follows, Get Out, A Quiet Place, Hereditary. <laughs> Every horror movie that came out this year and last year were quote-unquote... Oh, It. People said It was a psychological re- thriller. The reason people say that about things like Hereditary or It, which are clearly coded as horror films... Oh, yeah, absolutely. ...is just because they have things in it that aren't slashing, right? Yeah, uh, it's like, this made me think, so it can't be a horror movie. Right. This is... Again, this is our fucking soapbox, I know, but I'll literally... I'll die on this hell forever. The, the, the mainstream popular conception of what horror is is just Friday the 13th sequels. Yeah. They think that all of them are just Friday the 13th <laughs> just sequels. The sequels. Yes. <laughs> the original Friday the 13th is not a horror movie. <laughs> Only sequels are. I bet you could find someone with that dumbass take I'm on the internet. I'm sure, I'm sure. Uh but no, it's like it's a it's a it's a it's light on plot. It's light on uh, actual characters. It's yeah. tits and, and blood. Blood. 
and knives yeah. and stuff like that, right? Yeah, it's why people yeah, don't yeah. consider like, people don't consider Black Swan a horror movie. People don't consider Silence of the Lambs a horror movie, which is ridiculous. Again, ridiculous, we're talking about yeah. serial killers. Black Swan was very much a horror movie, and nobody saw it that way. I mean, yeah. Again, we're we're fighting a, a battle against a million straw men that we can't talk to. But <laughs> you and I are just <laughs> battling each other right now, and there's nothing to battle. Uh, I think this is a horror movie. I think Whiplash is also a horror movie because I'm very afraid um, of uh, J.K. What's his name? J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. I was like, is his name really? Just kidding. Um, just yeah. kidding. Just kidding, Simmons. Uh, he does scare me, but I am more thrilled. I feel like watching that movie. That's a different. That's an argument for a different day. But whether or not that movie is a horror movie or a thriller, this movie I can genuinely see as both. You know what movie is just. While we're talking Just about to how, throw it out there. Yeah. Uh, I think Black Swan is very male gazy. I think you and I have had this debate before. We have. And I don't think Cam is male gazy at all. It's not. It's not. Um, yeah, because I was actually... The interesting thing about this is that there are things... This is my own, unfortunately, like, my own bias as a bisexual, is that there were things I was titillated by because I'm a bisexual that I feel like... But there wasn't... But it didn't feel like the intent of the movie... And there were things we saw from her perspective that were probably titillating to viewers, but not to us. I think in particular the orgasm control scene. Yeah. Um, she just seems like... She's about to pass out. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, everybody leading up to that scene has been like, oh my god, are you ready to, like, literally lose the feeling in your clit because this thing's gonna destroy you? So, like, it's it. we only see her from, like, the back. Yeah. And that she's like, please... Stop this right now! Well, also, because it's it's dark and the camera's moving a lot, we see yeah. the ceiling a lot. I think it's shot extremely well. We don't, we don't see her in any kind of like. There's very little nudity actually yeah. for what it is. A movie about sex. Yeah. Yes. I love this movie. So do I. I just like thank you so much, Ethan Daniel, for just giving me like the opportunity to talk about all the things I love to talk about so much, like horror movies and uh, the internet and all the different ways that it is both wonderful and terrible. Uh, I just, I, I love thinking about it and I love talking about it. They're making another movie together with Blumhouse. What? I don't know anything about it. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Sorry, there is one more thing I wanted to say before we close out because it's one of the most impressive things about this movie when I read it because I was like, what? Is that normally with things like this, one, they decided early on they didn't want it to be like the dead and have it be completely on screen. Yeah. Um, which I love because I love the dead. It could have worked. I love searching. Holy shit. Searching. Another movie that's kind of a horror movie, but kind of a thriller. Um, it's a thriller. It's very interesting. We can have that debate another time. Um, but the the easy way to do this movie is to film everything, and then whenever you have the TV, to superimpose uh, your own creation of what the screen looks like. Yep. They did not do that for this movie. They literally created this website, the streaming site, um, and ga- and every all of the things that come up are scripted, but were happening in real time, and not all of them were given to Madeline. So a lot of her reactions are legit, are like uh, in the moment. So when she's saying things like, oh, thank you, and like, oh, let's get up there, it's because it's actually happening in real time in front of her. Damn. And so all of the things that we see, all of the things that are like being filmed, were filmed and put onto this. That's great. Like, they had all these other rooms and all these other actors. It is incredible. It's probably why the technology of this feels so good. So real, and it's and it adds such a reality. It means that whenever Madeline's eyes are moving back and forth, it's really it, like yeah. she's seeing these things. So that I I loved that about it. It felt so true to the work. I just I was so impressed. 
And it's extra impressive because, as I also learned, this was uh, not only Issa and Daniel's first feature, it was the director of photography's first feature, it was the composer's first feature. This is a creation um, of a lot of people's first-time filmmaking, Yeah. which this is the year of that. There have been a lot of first-time filmmakers this yep. year that I've been so impressed with. And this is another one of those ones where I'm just like, you nailed it. Like, I can't believe you haven't been working in the industry for, like, 25 years. Speaking of, apparently a lot of their uh, crew heads were women, too, which is rare but rare, wonderful. wonderful. A lot of the technical jobs ended up going to, to women. Or even, yep. like, when there's women on a film set working in technical positions, the, the crew heads are, you know, men who have been there for 20 right, years. Right, 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 right. No, that's, it's just so exciting because it means that you come into it with so much enthusiasm and you're not jaded and it's like... I mean, I hope that all of these people are still making such great work in 25 years and Me I'm too. sure they will be, but it's ex- it's exciting to watch this movie and feel like, holy shit, I can't wait to see what you do next. Me too. Yeah. This movie yes. rules. Whatever we roll on the roulette, it's going to suck so much more than this movie. <laughs> Are you ready to uh, outsmart this by bashing our head into a uh, desk? Yeah. It works. It works, works on the internet. All right. Pull up that roulette. It's up. Our next movie will be... 13 Demons. This is like the first one on the list because it's number 13. <laughs> this looks interesting. Looks like it's about... Looks like it's adult Jumanji. Oh. All right. It's it's nothing could beat Cam, so we might as well do something it's so bad. Far. I'm just saying nothing nothing will be as good as Cam, so we might as well do something bad because, you know, close out the year with a whimper as we will. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thirteen Demons. Isn't this? A, I'm thinking of Thirteen Ghosts. That's like a movie from the early. Don't worry about it. All right. <laughs> I've made a lot of pop culture references this episode. Have they? Like half of them have gone over my head. All right, so next time it'll be 13 Demons. 13 Demons. Until then, you can check us out on our website at NowScreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at NowScreaming. Leave us a review on iTunes. Tweet us. Watch Cam. Tell your friends to watch Cam. Tell your tell your friends about us and Cam. You watch Cam and then tell your friends to watch Cam. And then tell your friends to listen to our episode about Cam. Yes. In that order. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Thanks as always to Wes Craven for creating strong female protagonists. I was literally going to say the exact same thing. I feel thing. like we use that so often. It's, I mean, but like, thank you, Wes Craven, always. Like, yeah. it's, I mean, it's just always there. And we got 57 episodes. I can't. No. I can't always some. be, yeah. Uh... We're going to repeat some and it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing that he fucking it's does. It's a big one and we will always be thankful. All right. Until next time, everybody, stay spooky. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.